it's very interesting that today is membership day. Um, making a commitment to God in this church. Because today my message is based on a chapter about commitment. But it is about God's commitment to us. We are going to Deuteronomy chapter 29. And my message is entitled, Remember the Covenant. It's the beginning of the final speech of Moses. And we are approaching the last few chapters. And he is now giving his closing words to the people of Israel. And, and these words are given to the second generation. The first generation had already died off. This is the second generation of Israelites uh, who are about to go into the promised land. And, and these are the words that, uh, that he says in the very first verse, 29 verse 1. These are the words of the covenant that the Lord commanded Moses to make with the people of Israel in the land of Moab besides the covenant that he had made with them at Horeb. Let's stop there for a while. So Horeb is Sinai, all right? And, and, and he's reminding the people of the covenant that was made at Sinai. And here he is stirring the people to enter into covenant with God again. You can call it somewhat of a rededication altar call, a call to action, a call to commitment. And he had already made a covenant with the previous generation in Sinai, but they failed to keep it, as we all know. They died off in the wilderness. And now God is calling this new generation to make a decision, a commitment to God. And so the, the commitment previously was made with the parents. The covenant was made with the parents, but now it is made with their children. And doesn't mean, um, you, uh, doesn't mean God made a commitment with the parents, means the children automatically become saved. It has to be a personal decision to follow Him. Amen? And so the Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 29, it consists of two main parts. And I'm going to try to do the impossible task. Oh, Deuteronomy is so long. <laughs> of, of trying to keep this within 45 minutes and try to give us a good understanding of this scripture. Two parts. The first part from verse 2 to verse 9 is why they should enter into this covenant with God. And the second whole part is the terms of this covenant and how to keep the covenant. This is from verse 10 to 29. And we're not going to read the entire thing. You can go back and read it. But it's essentially what it looks like in this scripture. So the first part is about the wonderful promises of following Him. And the second part, the consequences of turning away from Him and claiming to follow Him. So we're going to look at the first part and I'm going to read. 29 verse 2 to 9. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt. To Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn off your feet. You have not eaten bread and you have not drunk wine or strong drink that you may know that I am the Lord your God. And when you came to this place, Sihon, the king of Heshbon and Og, the king of Bashan came out against us to battle, but we defeated them. We took their land and gave it for an inheritance to the Reubenites, the Gedites and a half tribe of the Manasites. Therefore, to keep the words of this covenant and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. 
So in this part of the scripture, Moses is stirring them to remember what God did back then. You see, I'm, if I'm going to get you to commit to something, to commit to somebody, I have to give you very good reasons why. And why this person is worth committing to. And in fact, Moses actually spoke something, uh, something similar back in Deuteronomy 8. The way he speaks, it's like, remember how the Lord led you all the way in the wilderness those 40 years. Your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell. And so there is a similar type of phrasing that he uses. And it reminds me of even how I speak to our church. We tend to repeat certain phrases. We sound a bit like a broken record. And we keep always explaining why. Why? Because we want to get them to bring about a commitment to something. And why do we remind them? To make sure they remember. Because people can forget. People can forget the faithfulness of God, what He did, forget how it felt. And when people are forgetful, they are ungrateful or entitled or they take things for granted. So in this case, for this generation, which consists of the second generation, as I said, they're now in their 50s or 60s type of age. Um, and for their children, for some of them, it may have been a first-hand experience. At that time, they would be 20 years and below. It may have been a first-hand experience, but yet a type of second-hand faith. And for some people, it would be second-hand information of the experience if they didn't really remember it at all. So this reminder, this reiteration was important. What did Moses want them to remember? Four things. And we're going to go into that. He wanted them to remember God's power, God's preservation, God's provision, and God's protection. And we're going to see that in the scriptures right now. He wants them to remember God's power. He says, you have seen all that the Lord did. The great trials that your eyes saw. You saw everything in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh, to servants and to this land. The signs, the great wonders. And here, Moses reminds them what they saw. They saw many signs. The pillar of fire, the sea splitting, the water coming out of the rock, the Shekinah glory of God. They saw amazing things. But yet, it says here in this scripture, their hearts did not understand, did not see, did not hear. They saw, but they did not really see. They heard, but they did not really hear. How is that possible? You know, sometimes, even in a service, there will be many people who really have an incredible encounter and really receive so much from God. And in the very same service, there can be a few people who caught nothing. They didn't receive anything. They didn't experience anything. And this was what was happening here. And usually when they don't receive anything and, and experience anything, most likely something to do with the condition of their hearts. Can you imagine 
Imagine if we were the people of Israel and we were there back then. The amazing things we would have witnessed. You would think that if you were there, wow, you saw the Red Sea splitting. How could you possibly forget that? How could you possibly not be amazed at all the miracles that happened through Moses? But yet, they did not have the heart to understand and to see, to perceive, to hear. They didn't get it. And he wanted them to remember God's power. He had to remind them. That was so important. Secondly, he wanted them to remember God's preservation. He says here, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you. And your sandals have not worn off your feet. Here, I want us to really try and see the beauty of God. Because sometimes Deuteronomy, while there are so many punishments, the law, so harsh sounding sometimes. But I really want us all to just, even just open our hearts and begin to see the heart of God here. The beauty of His mercy and grace. You need to understand, back then, the people of Israel, they were grumbling. They were rebelling against God. And, and in that wilderness, they grieved God. Yet, he said here, he led you. For 40 years, he never left them alone. He was with them and he preserved them. Imagine this. This is a crazy miracle. Your clothes don't wear out for 40 years and your sandals. Even for us, the best quality sandals we have now won't last us even a few years. How is that possible? Did Since they were baby, the same exact pair of sandals growing out with them, that is a miracle. The clothes always crisp and clean, never needing brand new clothes. This tells me the heart of God that wants to be in every single detail of our lives, that loves and cares for us, that that makes sure that we are okay, our well-being. He holds our life together. Moses wanted them to remember God's provision. He says, you have not eaten bread, you have not drunk wine, strong drink, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. He provided them manna. They didn't even need to eat or drink. He ate. They ate the manna of God, the supernatural manna of God, so that they would know that God was the one that was providing. There was nothing there, but God sustained them. And he wanted to remember, them to remember God's protection. It says here, Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us to battle, but we defeated them. Wow, what a wonderful God we have. He helped them to defeat and overcome their enemies who tried to attack them and they didn't die. In fact, God gave them the land as their inheritance. God's protection was upon them. And so after reminding them of everything God did, Moses then says, therefore, and this is a really important word, Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper 
in all that you do. Therefore, it's always used when we are basing something upon a past action or an activity. Moses is essentially saying, he is telling them to do it based upon what God has done and he's essentially saying, are you willing to commit your life to someone who is already committed to you? He's telling them about the past so they can do the same things in the future. And because of that, if you're willing to commit, follow the terms carefully, you will prosper. That is the promise. The wonderful blessings of following Him. And then He goes on from this to the second whole part. Explaining what the covenant is. How to keep this covenant, the warnings, the consequences of not keeping them well. What is this covenant? What is a covenant? It's a binding agreement. But this is not an ordinary covenant. It is a covenant that is made by God and sealed with an oath. This is really important because it's not just any promise. Our promises to each other can fail. But when it is promised by God, when it's a binding agreement coming from God, it is sealed. It is unshakable. It's immovable. And it is, and it is sealed. The covenant also confirms them as his people and him as their God. This is what God wants. He wants covenant relationship. Actually, among those things that he said, this is absolutely critical. Why is he making this covenant? He wants covenant relationship. He wants us to be his people and him our God. And thirdly, this covenant is for everyone. Anyone and everyone. And if you go through the scripture, he even puts down specifically, you know, this person, that person, the person who carries your water. Everyone. It's not for a selected few. Everyone who wants to enter in gets to be in this covenant with God. And what happens when they abandon the covenant? In the whole scripture, it talks about disasters and curses. I'm not going to go into detail with all of them. But in verse 20, disasters and curses. Verse 22, your children will see calamities. Verse 23, the land will have no produce, no growth. Verse 24, the nations will question your God. So there are great repercussions. There are great consequences when you abandon the government because it is so serious. A covenant made by God, it is so serious and because it's so serious, if you go against this covenant, there are consequences. How does that apply to us today? It is the same. The blessings still apply to us today. But the difference is, we are no longer under the old covenant. We now come under the new covenant of Jesus Christ. Somebody say hallelujah. 
God knew that the Israelites will not be able to fulfill the righteous requirements of the law. In fact, the previous generation did in fact fail. The new generation that later on would be led by Joshua into the promised act, into the promised land was actually a prophetic foreshadowing of the new covenant to come. And why did God make this covenant? That, would, that we would be his people and him our God. He still wants the same thing today. He wants covenant relationship. In Hebrews, it says the law was weak and useless, but he needed to give his people a better way to draw close to him. And this was prophesied in the book of Jeremiah. And I felt, I felt very led to show you this scripture. Hebrews 8, it's a long one, but I want to read it. Because this is a major upgrade. You know, in your phone, we have a few versions. And every year, right, Apple always come up with a new version. So annoying. So tired of upgrading. But this covenant, three versions, is version one in Sinai. And then there's a version two, which we're talking about right now. And then there's version three. After this, no need to upgrade. No need. It's the ultimate upgrade. It is sealed in his blood. Hebrews 8, For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. Not just Moses. Everyone. From the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. And by calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. God wants relationship. He wants us to access the blessings of the covenant. He had to give his people a new way and the way was Jesus Christ. The law wasn't abolished. As I said, this is an upgrade. But it was fulfilled by Jesus. You see, under the old covenant, you have to obey to receive the blessing. But under the new covenant, it is opposite. It is no longer a covenant based on right and wrong. It's a covenant based on love. That's why it says in his word, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So there's still obedience involved. But it comes from a love relationship with Jesus Christ. That is why in the same way, the Israelites need to be reminded of God's power, preservation, provision, and protection. We too need to be reminded of what Jesus did under the new covenant. 
It's the same thing. Even today, you remember God's power, preservation, provision, and protection. Today, we remember the Jesus who saved us, who healed us. Can I have that column, please? Who saved us, healed us, and delivered us. Today, He still preserves us. He gave us eternal life. Today, Jesus still provides. He gives us physical sustenance and He gives us spiritual sustenance. And He gives us protection. He's defeated and overcome sin and death. Amen. This is why we do Holy Communion. Every month, we take the bread and the cup. In fact, today I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if they'll, uh, they'll do something if I decide I want to do communion today. But it's okay. Every month, we take the bread and the cup to remind ourselves what Jesus has done. It's the same thing. And in that communion, we remember the true covenant that is Jesus Christ. Remember His power. We remember his, how He preserves us, gives us providence and protection. And by remembering, we continually commit ourselves to this beautiful covenant. Remember the covenant. Remember Jesus. When we remember Him, our response becomes thankful. Even as I was preparing this scripture, I was so filled with the thankfulness to God. Every time you go through wilderness, every time you feel like, every time you go through difficulty, remember Jesus. The new eternal covenant died for us on the cross so that you and I can have life, so that we can prosper. Our soul can prosper. Our lives can prosper. You know, I've been through, I've been through some mess in my life in the past, and I've made some terrible decisions that came back with disastrous results. I turned my back to God. I doubted Him. And every time I encounter Him, I come back to Him, I would remember the countless times He would receive me again. He would speak to me again. Even though I did not deserve it, He would those times when he healed me, when my husband and I, we would go through financial issues and he would provide for me. Even when I did not deserve it. By his grace. But, I don't want to constantly stay there, in a rut, always. I don't want to constantly be in a mess, stuck in a roadblock, constant cycle of sin. I need to know who I am and what I've received because of Jesus. I want to access the full blessings of God. The promised land. The, the promised land is God's divine design for my life. The destiny that I have in Christ Jesus. The fullness of the relationship and His desire is to be in partnership with me to co-labor with Him in His redemption purposes for Malaysia. All of us are Joshua's. All of us have access to the promised land. But there are choices we still have to make because we can either accept the blessings 
or reject the blessings. The children of Israel had a choice. Not that God doesn't want to bless and just punish, but he wants, to make, he wants them to make a personal decision to follow him wholeheartedly. A lot of people want the prosperity. They want the blessings. They want the power, provision, protection. But not everyone realizes that there is a standard God has that, has, that not everyone is willing to keep. Praise God, this standard has been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Our lives now have become easier because of this upgraded covenant. But we still need to make a daily choice to follow Him. We need to make a choice to choose Him every day of our lives. And so I want to come back to this scripture in Deuteronomy 29. How do we keep the terms of the covenant? And Moses says here two things. Make sure to keep your heart away from idolatry. And secondly, make sure there is no bitter root among you. This is in the scripture. You can show them that scripture. It says, You saw among them their detestable images and idols of wood and stone, of silver and gold. Make sure there are those among you today whose heart, that there is no man or woman whose heart turns away from the Lord and go and worship other gods. Make sure there is no root, no bitter root of poison. And in some translations, they actually say um, this this poisonous plant is called a wormwood and it's actually very, very toxic. It actually not only affects and chokes the fruitfulness of the plant, but also the plants around it. Moses was concerned in the group that there would be an influence that would lead them in the wrong direction. He's concerned about a person who has hidden idolatry in their hearts, a hidden love for something greater than God. And this is why we have to guard our hearts. He wants us to turn our hearts to Him. And this root is the part of the plant that, that is hidden. Roots are hidden. And you can't see it unless you dig it up. And so, He's talking about those poisonous roots in our life that could take root by a lot of reasons, but basically turning away from God and turning to these idols. Anything greater than God in your life is an idol. That would not only choke the fruitfulness out of a person, but also the people around it. Make sure there is no bitter root. And he's talking about the clans within those people. Meaning, in our day, it would be the church. And he knew how this bitter root can corrupt and contaminate all the other plants that are trying to bear fruit. And how do you know? Time will tell. After a while, you will see behaviors, language, social media posts. And there is one way to know Everyone here can know whether that root is there and is in the scripture here. How do we know? 29 verse 19. 
when such a person hears the word of this oath and they invoke a blessing on themselves thinking, I will be safe even though I persist in going my own way. Interestingly, in Hebrews 12, verse 15, he also says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Do any of us say that? I will be safe, even though I persist in going my own way. Many of us can be very deceived in our own hearts. We have this amazing ability to skirt around the word of God, take in things that we want to accept, and then we reject some other things to fit our lifestyle. We can come to church, call ourselves a Christian, have one foot in the church, and have another foot in the world. We follow some things, but we unfollow some things. And you know, this is something my husband and I, you know, when we deal with the next generation, we grapple a lot with that. The way they think. In fact, I can even share with you, you know, one of the examples many years ago, um, I remember I was speaking to a parent and, and, you know, talking to him about, oh, you know, what's happening to your daughter? You know, I haven't seen her in church much. You know, I haven't seen her serving, suddenly disappeared. What happened, you know? And the parents said, oh, I don't want her to go to church so much. I'm like, huh? I don't want her, I want her to be exposed to everything in life. It's good to have a balanced perspective of life. It's good to, you know, uh, go to church once in a while. Uh, and not to be in church too much. Uh, it's not too good. Uh. You know, she must go overseas. She must, you know, expose herself to this. Try some clubbing, get to know people, you know. So everything balanced, you know, then she know how to go through life. And I'm like, are you serious? Today, this person, this girl, I don't see her anywhere in the church. I don't see her. I see her on Instagram. I can see she's totally lost to the world. Because we have formed some kind of paradigm that suits ourselves. Maybe it comes from our upbringing. Maybe it comes from, I, I don't know what, from, from, from exposure, the things that we read. My friends, we need to know Jesus wholeheartedly. We need to listen to the words of God and follow Him on His terms. We do Christianity based on His terms. We cannot say, Jesus, I am yours, but actually we belong to the world. And then we make bad choices and we say, I'll be okay, I'll be safe. I'll come up with my own theology, my own understanding of what church is. And, when, and by the way, when you have that kind of theology, you cannot become a true witness of Jesus Christ out there. Can no one? Because then people don't see Jesus through your life for who He really, really is. 
And before long, because we go our own way, we forfeit the blessings you are meant to have from God. God wants to bless us, but we forfeit it when we allow ourselves to turn away from God. Allow ourselves to this paradigm, that paradigm, this paradigm, instead of a full Jesus paradigm. You don't want to come under the curse, under attack from the enemy by our own choosing. It's definitely not God's choosing. That's why later on in chapter 30, you know, I have set before you blessings and curses, death and destruction. Choose life. Choose life. Listen to His voice. We need to choose the blessing of staying in covenant relationship with Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. And we cannot do it in our own strength. You see, that was the weakness of the old covenant. We can only do it through Jesus. We can only overcome through Jesus Christ. We operate from victory, from His righteousness. Remember the power, provision, the protection of God. Remember the covenant. Remember Jesus. Because when we remember, we become grateful and thankful. And our only response is, Jesus, I want to follow you. We want to continually engage with Him through the Holy Spirit. Be in His presence. Be aware of His presence. Follow His leading. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wherever we go, whether it's the workplace, whether it's our schools, whether it's our colleges, we can follow Jesus. And this, this is what I've been so excited to share about. The final verse in this scripture, which I've been like, God, what are you saying here? The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Why did Moses say this? It seems a little bit disjointed, you know what I mean? It's like he's like putting out the terms of the covenant, all the punishment, and then suddenly talk about the secret. You see, there are mysteries of God that we may never understand. We have a lot of questions about a lot of things in life and God may not give us the answers to everything. I live, I, I, I deal with a generation that have many, many questions. They always ask why one. And one of the things I tell them is, do you really need to have an answer every time? Can you not just trust God? In fact, can you not seek God? God may not give us the answers to everything. We are meant to trust Him as we navigate these mysteries. He tells us what we need to know. Even Jesus says, there are many things I want to tell you, but you cannot bear them. We are meant to seek out these revelations through relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then God reveals in His own timing, according to His purposes. That's why in Proverbs 25 verse 2, it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter is the glory of kings. And this is the exciting part. We 
have an advantage over the children of Israel. They didn't get it then. They could not understand. They could not perceive. They could not hear. They, they did not know what was to come as they prepared to move into the promised land. What has been revealed to us that was not revealed to the children of Israel. It's Jesus! It's Jesus! They didn't have Him. That was what was concealed to them. That's why they say the Old Testament is the New Testament revealed. Yes, that's right. I want to catch my quote right. <laughs> and the New Testament is the Old Testament concealed. You may have thought they are better off than us. They saw the pillar of fire. They saw the, 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 the sea split. They saw crazy things that happened. But they didn't know. They didn't have the amazing privilege of knowing Jesus. And this morning, I was kneeling before God. I said, Jesus, wow. Wow, what we have now. Jesus Christ is so precious. And it is only through Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do all the words of this law. And in fact, we not only get to witness His miracles, we get to testify of His miracles. And we get to lay hands on the sick and they get healed. Children of Israel don't, will never ever know that. <laughs> they, we, we can cast out demons, we can pray for people and people can be set free. And let me tell you, Moses might have direct connection to God and, he, and there were so many things that God told him but he didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. I was so thankful. There are so many things that have been revealed to us. So many things that we are meant to seek out. Let's not ask the not important questions like why I, were there dinosaurs in the Bible? Not effective, doesn't do anything for us even if we know the answer. Wow, the things that have been revealed to us through Jesus, Jesus Himself. I want to claim my promised land. There are already promises. There are already truths revealed to us through His Word, through relationship with Jesus. We've not seen it all yet. We've not experienced it all yet. There is so much more. And I'd like to propose, Moses. Moses, you know, when he was saying this, I think he was very excited too. So he's putting out all these terms and everything. And you know how, you know that feeling where um, well, Mike and I always get it where, you know, there are things we know and we want to tell our people, but we can't tell them yet. And we are like, <gasps> I feel like that's what that scripture was like. The secrets belong, of course, in the Moses time, they talk like that. The secrets belong to our Lord, our God. But what He reveals to us, wow, belong to us and to our children forever. 
Deuteronomy spurs me to see how grievous sin is, how it grieves the heart of God and what we truly deserve. But because I've seen what we, what they had then, I am so much more grateful for what we have now. I'm so thankful to Jesus. In 1 Corinthians, it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. None of them knew. But we know. And the children of Israel could not see, they could not perceive, they could not understand. But it says here, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor have entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Let's just quieten our hearts down for a little bit. Because I want to give you an opportunity. I don't know what anyone here has gone through. Maybe some of you have been in wilderness. Perhaps your heart has been distracted. Maybe you have turned away from Him. And you want God, but maybe you're still stuck in condemnation, shame and guilt. And you're unable to turn to Jesus. Perhaps there's been a bitter root formed that has been choking the fruitfulness from your life. Maybe you're disillusioned, confused, wondering. Today I'm here to tell you, Jesus is waiting for you to come back to Him in whatever state you are in. Give Him your heart. Don't go your own way. Don't do things your own way anymore. Will you surrender and make a commitment to God again? You cannot, re you cannot fulfill the righteous requirements of the law. It is only through Jesus Christ. Remember how He died for you, how He rescued you, saved you, healed you, and delivered you. And if that is you, today you want to make a commitment to God again, can I just ask you to just raise your hands, both your hands. Just raise your hands to Jesus. Amen. I'm just going to pray for you. Wherever you are, just raise your hands. Yes, I see all those hands. Raise it up high. This is between you and God. Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I recommit my life to you again. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. All my sins have been wiped out. And I can come to you freely. Say, Lord Jesus, release me from the poison. I want to return to your heart again. Amen. Amen. And the next group of people, 
Maybe you are here and you do not know Jesus. I want to invite you to come into a covenant relationship with Jesus. A covenant relationship that wants to prosper you. Not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. It's a binding agreement where you will receive God's provision, God's preservation. God, you will see the power of God work in your life and you will see the protection of God in your life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. This is a covenant He's making with you and it is based on love. You don't deserve it. None of us do. And so today, if you're saying, I want to be in this covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, could you put your hands up? Amen. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Anyone? Anyone else? You don't know Jesus and today you want to receive Jesus and be in a covenant relationship with Him. Just put your hands up. I'll just give you a few more moments. This is so important. This will change and transform your whole life. Is there anyone else? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, why don't we give Jesus a big hand for our brother here as well, who just want to give his life to Jesus. And we're going to say this prayer together. Amen. Amen. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Today, I want to come into covenant relationship with you. I believe you died for me and wiped out all my sins and you rose again on the third day and you did it because of love. Will you come and live in my heart? I want to be in relationship with you. Amen. Let's stretch out our hands as I close. Father, we thank you for every single person here. May they remember the covenant. Remember you, Jesus. Remember the privilege of knowing you. The privilege of having you in our lives. Lord Jesus, the secret that you so wanted to reveal to us that we have now. Father, may we treasure it. May we embrace it with all our hearts, Father, not with one foot here and one foot there, but with our whole hearts. Lord, we turn to you with our whole hearts. And Father, we repent. We repent and turn to you, believing that all our sins are wiped out and I'm declaring times of refreshing has come upon you. And so may the Lord bless you May He keep you. May His face shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus.